Due to a shitload of swearing and some graphic conversations, listener discretion is advised. Welcome to Fort Mac. Welcome to the YMM Podcast. I'm Todsky. Uh, we're continuing our streak into episode 100. And if you listened to yesterday's show, uh, you got part one of our really good time we had on Winnipeg Podcast Crowbar Radio uh, with Kid Remington. And tonight you're going to hear part two. Um, if you're listening to this one first, uh, I'm not even going to explain it. Just go to part one. <laughs> Stop now and then go to part one and you'll get the full backstory. Um, but yeah, a kid Remington, hopefully you got a, a good, uh, a good feel for him in that first episode because, uh, the guy's awesome. So definitely check him out at blogtalkradio.com slash kid Remington. So we got into a lot of the Arkham Rising stuff when we were chatting. Because uh, he's a big cosplayer, big Batman fan, and, and we just love getting geeky with our with our fellow with our fellow man. Uh, so in this one, uh, we talk a bit more about Arkham, uh, but we get into a lot of the the podcast origins as well, which is our theme for this week as we head into uh, uh, the weekend, our big event on Saturday, uh, February twenty second. Uh, it's our Winter Reels event uh, where we got some great great films from the Winter Reels one hundred hour film challenge. Uh, we got seven amazing films that we can't wait to show uh, you guys and, and have the filmmakers on stage introducing their films. We got judges that are going to be there giving some feedback. Uh, we also are going to have an audience vote for best film. So the audience is going to be responsible for giving away $1,000 to someone that night. It's going to be great. Uh, John Mick is also going to be there. He's one of the judges, but he's also going to be there doing a comedy set. A uh, good old local boy, John Mick, who uh, lives in Edmonton now, but... Uh, we we pulled him back up here uh, to come uh, to come back to his roots for a comedy routine. So it's going to be going to be great. And then of course the one in podcast is going to be recording their 100th episode live on stage. So it's going to be a great night, February 22nd this Saturday. Show starts 7 p.m. Tickets are on sale now, or you can get them at the door. YMMPodcast.com. Now let's get into part two of our time with Kid Remington on Crowbar Radio. We sort of focused on this uh, about an hour, five minutes ago, but uh, the, the Harley Quinn character coming in. Yeah. Now, there was a lot of talk online about what her role might be in the final Batman movie, uh, where she fits into Nolan's world, and you guys took it upon yourselves to insert her into Nolan's world. Now, why did it have to be Harley? Like, I, I, I think I threw a note in there on our little... Uh, event page about why wasn't it just a regular person that got killed or or something but <laughs> why, why didn't we 
why didn't we put a red shirt on? on? And, and you're and you're absolutely right. Like it could have been any Anyone. other doctor and, or any other person. But we in, in making the choice to put as many details as possible. We're like let's let's start drawing some links and see if mm-hmm. we can mix. And also, like it was really important to me that. Although we we show Harley, uh, it, it wouldn't be Harley Quinn. It would be Harleen Quinzel. Yes. This isn't like because I had seen other fan films where they really focus on a lot of the fan films are focused on the psychological breakdown of Harley Quinzel into Harley Quinn and how she becomes aligned with the Joker, etc. Whereas our choice is like she's it, the the path is there and it's showing that she's be, she's slowly yeah. ter- may, might be becoming that person. But yeah. again, she's still very well 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 dressed. Very of mine, and in fact, like we even added that little thing where she she stares at Bane for for a second longer she's because she's sizing him up because yeah. she the the psychologist in her is like what type of what makes what this makes guy tick, tick? Yeah. exactly yeah. so we had we were very conscious of the fact that like if we were going to put Harley Quinn she was going to be not not muted but not the the over the top mm-hmm. Har- Harley Quinn that uh, we see in so many other versions of the character where she's this. Uh, you know, she's this uh, almost like a victim, really. Yeah. Like they, they victimize her a lot in a lot of the uh, a lot of the other media I've seen, and of course she is. Like I mean, that's what the the very the most interesting thing about the character. But what what I've always found the most fascinating part about the, about her is the fact that she's a very intelligent woman. Yeah. And the idea is that like let let's show a little bit more of that side of this person mm-hmm. that yep. be, you know like before she gets into this kind of abusive codependent uh, yeah. relationship. Well, so, and su- and such a favorite character because I mean uh, like I always think it's just so fantastic how much of a place she has in the Batman universe for never being a character that was written for the comics. You know, yeah. for having her first appearance in the animated series. Uh, but uh, kid, I wanted to ask you: Did you see on our YouTube page for the Arkham Rising the the Harleen Quinzel case files? Here. I have not. Uh, well, we see, that was another aspect. I mean, one of the one of the it wasn't a deciding factor, but one of the pros that we we thought about in after deciding on Harley and Quinzel was extra content that we could release uh, after the fact, and and in so doing, we we've got uh, some of the files that she was uh, coming back for, some of the tapes that she was recording just leading up to the moment where Arkham is sieged by Bane. Talking about the inmates that are inside so it's, the it's uh, her audio recordings about yeah. each of the inmates, and there's a little there's, there's little there's clues in each of them. There's yeah, little and, Easter eggs, and and so like just to give you an example, um, our Riddler is based on the Riddler that because uh, uh, the Puppet Master guys uh, uh, created where he was where FBI, he's the, the former FBI agent. Um, our Calendar Man actually we 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 kind of pegged him as a former enforcer for the mob. That was basically uh, put into Arkham because he got the plea of insanity right before Jonathan uh, uh, Jonathan Crane got kicked out. Basically, after the events of Batman Begins, right? So, we, we, yeah, we and, and so there's I think there's uh, three of them. Four, three, four. Who is it? Calendar Man, um, the Mad Hatter. Oh, and the Riddler. Riddler. Oh, maybe Riddler. three. Yeah. yeah. There's, so the, there's the three of them. And there was talk. Uh, this is well after. I, I remember us. It's in, it's in our massive Facebook thread now. But I know there was one point where we thought about doing a quick follow up with Harley, and then I think we were actually going to see if Ashley or Stacy could draw it. But one of it was going to be um, because of the novel uh, novelization, where it's like they made a point where Selena Kyle had all this inside information on Blackgate and Arkham, and then they made a point where they're like, "Well, Selena Kyle didn't know where the Joker was," and so we we're actually going to have Selena Kyle meet. Harley Quinn or Harley Quinzel, and she gives over those case files to uh, yeah. Selena Kyle, but she kept Joker's for herself, which is why Selena Kyle why didn't, Selena know just, the, just didn't know where the like, Joker was. The, the little whimsies that we were coming up with, and the yeah. idea was like all to try to draw attention to the main the main video because you know of, of course you know when you draw down to it, it's like it is 
five minutes, but like really only three and a half. Uh, and, yeah. Yeah. And so we were like, long credits. Man. And we were like, we, we need to give people that kind of like little extra uh, stuff for those that really want to look into it. And so in the channel, like that was the special features. We we had basically our, our actress. She she like read what we wrote for her uh, in terms of the. In fact, I A think fantastic the, uh, job too. I love it. Uh, is it is it the Calendar Man or the Riddler one where the, the you can hear <coughs> that the, there's the newscast the newscast of the, of the siege, siege of, of Blackgate. Gotham, yeah. Or of season of uh, of, uh, of Blackie, yeah, yeah, um, yeah. There's a uh, I got to voice that too, which was fun. I got to put on my uh, fake radio voice and do the sort of news broadcasts in the background as she's doing her very last recording, basically saying that she's just come back for her files and she needs to escape. So this was clearly recorded moments before her encounter with Bane. There are all of the uh, paper files online on ArkhamRising.com as well. If you, yeah. if you, for all the different so, characters, if you wanted to look over them as well. So I get you. to, I guess, to summarize the question. Part part of it is we, uh, part <laughs> of the reason we later. put uh, Harley Quinn in it or Harley Quinzel in it was it, it was an opportunity to really. Uh, market what we were doing with this project is basically well how ca- how can we make a viral campaign behind it and the idea was oh why don't we just make it like harley's files on all these inmates and etc so for that one really special harley and i've got out there in review can you once again say where you can find this file for perusal i mean um well the two sp- i'm going to cut this next little part out of the interview it's really 50 to 100 special Harley Quinn. <laughs> say that on the radio. <laughs> right. I understand. So you didn't hear that from me, but yeah, if you guys could just say where to find all this stuff because they're going to want to go do that. Um, absolutely. Uh, the ma- the easiest way, uh, it's all consolidated in one package at ArkhamRising.com, but those specific uh, video case files are, are right up on our um, YouTube page as well. That's awesome. Bye. We just found a typo on our website. That's fantastic. <laughs> what? Where's the typo? Oh, I thought. Oh, I thought that's where you're pointing. Oh, no, I thought I said Artem file. I'm pointing to where to oh, find yeah, it. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh yeah. No, it's on the website. My bad. Yeah. Never mind. Redcon. <laughs> what? Yeah. Well, let's get on to Joker. And uh, and how did you guys decide who was going to play him? And how did you decide you were what there. you were going to use from his face, from his body, mannerisms? How did you know there's so much to possibly use? Well, we had to use two people for Joker, actually. Like, we used we used Steve's face, and we used um, Zach's, body. Zach's body for it because... Because uh, we didn't have somebody that fit the bill yeah, completely. Exactly. Where were you? Yeah. Yeah, Where yeah, were so- you? <laughs> Under advice of my counsel, I cannot. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, what what happened was uh, again we framed the scene first, and then we're like, who fits the bill for this? So we we consolidated it into two actors, and really like we were like, okay, so how are we how are we gonna how are we gonna draw this Joker? And and the idea was okay, so he's he's his hair's gonna be maybe a little bit longer because he's been in Arkham for a while. He wouldn't have his makeup on. Um, the the scar is actually an interesting thing. We've got it again in the YouTube page. There's a behind the scenes look of what we did for the scarring. And originally we were gonna do kind of like we were oh the Halloween costume latex mask. Obviously, we, we looked at it and we're like, this doesn't work at all. So no. then we tried to recreate it with pure liquid latex ourselves. Again, it, we're like, it looks too fleshy. 
And sure enough, I started to do some research. Sure enough, why didn't we just look at how he did it, and then that's how we figured? Well, yeah, it out. exactly. Yeah. We started looking at some of the, the like as as some of the production notes for the Dark Knight Rise. Uh, the Dark Knight were or, well, the Dark Knight production notes were already available, and we looked it up, and sure enough, it was like there's this uh, there's this stuff, compound called rigid collodion, which uh, when applied, it's it's kind of the opposite of liquid latex in that it's alcohol based. So what it does is it it sucks or it dries out the area of skin it's being applied to, and gives that kind of like crevice scar look to it so we started really playing around with with that substance and until we we got it down to where we we were like okay this is this is good we we and and uh we we lucked out in the sense that um steve actually has a scar on his face at the top of his uh of his uh, left cheek as i'm looking at it right now and uh we were like okay let's connect the dots <laughs> yeah basically let's get that smile up to that that scar so that that way it nicks up at the at the very tip right so oh, oh. yep there was there was quite a bit of trial and error actually yeah. because uh well we tried the latex at first and obviously it didn't work so then we learned about this rigid collodion stuff and we're like okay so we'll use rigid collodion and we'll use latex and we'll like get the exact effect we want we've been playing with the latex quite a bit so we put the rigid collodion on and the latex and of course the rigid collodion and the latex are such different yeah. uh, substances that they didn't work together so the rigid would fall off the latex and the latex would peel up at the sides and it just that just didn't work so that then, was one of the learning curves we had is is, is how do you, how to use them yeah. together, which I think ultimately we ultimately we learned after the fact. You really can't. We, it didn't quite. Uh, uh, we we've gotten a lot better, and and uh, the effects can be seen in the other video that we made cover uh, of of actually properly using the combination of the two. I think. Yeah. That's one of the, uh, uh, like a little bit of a fallback is a little bit of that scar has uh, some of the liquid latex really whitened up because it was building up over top of the uh, yeah, I mean, the I late think, or the collodion instead of the skin. And, and the logic we said is like, well, we never really, uh, aside from that one really brief frame where he shoots uh, Commissioner Gordon, we don't really see Heath Ledger without the makeup on. And and we're like, okay, well, maybe we can cheat it a little. And yeah. uh, luckily, I, actually, I, I was I, when we first posted, I'm like, that's the first thing people are going to comment on. It ended up being one of the last things people really. Well, no, really there's still some on. jackass out there on the YouTube comments that was just like, why is he in makeup? And I'm just like, he's. <coughs> where do you think? Where do you think he's going to get his makeup? That's exactly on? it. Because <laughs> I'm like, one of the things they did best in the Dark Knight was actually put him without makeup when he was yeah. trying to go in disguise. And I'm like, brilliant. He's not always in. And they mentioned it. Oh, it's like war paint. I'm like, that's that's gold, right? We're stepping away from the the vat of the of the Jack Nicholson Joker, and this guy actually just is a fucked up face that he paints white. Yeah, and uh, I a mean, psychiatrist uh, would definitely take it away. It's their identity right there. Yeah, yeah. And so, yeah. And so um, uh, in terms of uh, yeah, we we did a number of screen tests, and again, because we only had the prison for one day, it was very important that we prepare as much as yeah, possible. We had to so, have it perfect. Yeah, we like, and again, like, uh, thank you for the compliment on the shots because. It was we, we very much were specific about we chose our shots very wisely and we're like, okay, how can we tell this story as effectively and engaging as possible with using as little shots as possible because we want to get in and out of that location as quickly as possible. So, yeah, we were, we were very uh, selective about what, what we were showing on that screen and the story that was being told with those shots. And just going back to the shots right quick, I, I know it was one thing that was my really bone of contention. I think everyone just kind of agreed to is one of the things, like I love fan films. I've seen a lot of them. And one of the things that really takes me out of a fan film is, again, I'm a very character-driven guy. I, I love the universe of, of a story. And we're making a film that has very set characters. Heath had a very set look. And to me, if we would have shown Steve in, or, or Zach in the full-fledged 
uh, Joker makeup, like I think that would have took people out of the story. It, it takes me like seeing uh, a Nolan based Batman fan film, seeing Batman dead on takes me out of it. Well, the thing is, it, 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 it's all in the eyes, right? And we were, I remember we had this conversation of the fact that like you can tell a lot, like you see a, an actor's eyes on the screen, you're like, oh, I know who that is, right? And so we intentionally with the Joker, we chose, okay, let's shoot the Quick. distinguishing features, but not the face or the eyes specifically because we want the audience to. Build that rest, the yep. rest of it, right? Audience to put it Heath. We yeah. took, I think we took almost 10 minutes to get the Joker's hair right sitting on his shoulder when for, for yeah. the shot coming across his face. We literally were playing with the hair for so long just trying to get it right. I think we ended up doing a couple of passes for it because yeah. we just wanted to make sure that it actually looked like his hair. It was crazy. <laughs> we were crazy. It's okay. Um, I, we, we got as much as we could, uh, done ahead of time. So, uh, we, we had some, uh, I had some sort of bags under the eyeballs and, uh, kind of a deadened face. Uh, not that you get to see it very much, but just, you know, we wanted to make sure that the full face was covered for whatever, you know, you don't want to see any makeup seams. So, so we just did the full face. Uh, and then we actually applied the, the bulk of the makeup just before we ra- ran over to the, the, uh, prison. And I think... Ultimately, I kept it on for, uh, oh, I guess, about the three hours that we were there and then peeled it off because it wasn't needed for the second half of the shoot. Nice. What's the longest you've worn? Comfortable, okay? Um, well, actually, that was minor. Like that, that, uh, and it seemed major at the time. Uh, it was very strange. It was a, a new experience for me, but we were also uh, eager to just try out a lot of different theatrical makeup techniques, so I was eager to be modeled for, for whatever. Uh, and... Um, since then, I've dressed in a full Batman costume in San Diego weather, and so looking back at filming as the Joker, uh, a piece of cake. What's the longest we've ever worn rigid collodion at one shot, at one um, go? The longest Few hours. With, uh, probably five hours, but by then it's coming off. Yeah, yeah, and it's and it's really harsh on your skin too. It, it leaves a lot of redness because the moisture is being sucked right out. Not even just that, but it takes like the top layer of your skin off a lot of the time just it's it's almost like plastic immersed in alcohol so when you paint it on the plastic stays and the alcohol dries all the skin out right so yeah yeah, it's it's really unfortunate for skin so we had like moisturizer on hand like crazy just making sure like anyone who because a couple of the prisoners all the mercenaries wanted scars on their faces and arms and legs and all that fun (laughs) stuff so yeah like doug was like doug was like i need a big scar on my arm and you look like i was in a knife fight so so, (laughs) meanwhile he's covered up (laughs) yeah like i bet it it worked like a few it was on my head too yeah yeah, like we we really did we did full makeup for everyone that was on set because even if we were just seeing their legs or just seeing just seeing like their torso as they came through the door if if it just so happened that we decided to change the shot then if they weren't in full makeup it wouldn't have worked and we would have to start from scratch right so steve what was your uh, i'm going more whole wines now uh, when you they said okay you're going to do a couple of characters for us Um, yeah, well, 
Okay, uh, this was, uh, I, I really wanted to take it very, very seriously, so I really wanted to get as much resource on my side as possible. For the Joker, it was much easier. I already had uh, the Dark Knight in my collection, was able to watch it uh, ad infinitum, as well as look at other Jokers, Cesar Romero and, uh, and everything, and Mark Hamill's voice acting. Um, but for Bane, unfortunately, uh, the only thing that was out there was uh, Latino Bane from, uh, you know... <laughs> The uh, Schumacher films and uh, and the animated series and uh, The Dark Knight Rises had not come out on video yet. So what I was doing is scouring the internet for any of these leaked clips that uh, DC and Legendary Pictures hadn't had a chance to uh, take down yet to try and get that voice. And some of it was like the uh, the that original intro to the movie that was released ahead of what was it? Um, what was the, the movie? One. The IMAX one. What was the movie ahead of it? Uh, Mission Impossible. Mission Impossible. Right. Uh, yeah. Ghost Protocol. Ghost Protocol the fourth oh, four, one there. Fourth, yeah. But uh, so scene. so that was on the internet. But they actually had done a new ADR pass on the Bane voice for the actual movie because a big complaint was that nobody could understand what the hell Tom Hardy was saying in that six minute clip. Uh, but that was online, so I tried to base it off of that and some of the other clips of uh, honestly bootlegged shots with handy cams and theaters, so the, <laughs> the audio quality just wasn't there, and it was really difficult to try and come up with it. And that's as, what it is. It well. was you watched a Bollywood dubbed version. <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> apparently. But um, <laughs> what I wanted to do was just I gotta say, out of all the comments, I never expected that one. <laughs> and it's such a common. I think it's just a couple of the the yeah. the lines how I delivered them. But one of the things I wanted to capture, and, and I wasn't sure how to do it was how to get the the uh, there's there's almost like an, a physical object impacting uh tom hardy's voice like he was voicing things with a, a mask i i don't think it was the actual mask that was in the shots when he did the voice acting for it afterwards uh and the uh, adr pass but there is something and i wanted to figure out what that was we tried a bunch of things i tried talking through colanders i tried talking in bowls and certain things didn't work eventually it came down to a, a choice between Making it sound like Bane's voice in the movie, which is it, it overpowers everything in every scene, and uh, and some people actually have criticized how much it's ADR and how different his voice is from everybody else when he's just wearing this this silly mask. Um, but um, oh, I'm getting some weird feedback there. Um, but uh, and the choice that we made was to go with uh, a voice that sounded more like it was Bane's voice coming over the PA speakers than than Bane's voice talking face to face, and so. I think a lot of the criticism of the voice comes from that different sound, but it was it was honestly a, a choice for the narrative. Yeah, I a lot of thing on how he did his voice. Uh, yeah, some misfeeling back there. I don't know where there it's kind of like, maybe that's me. I don't know if that's you. It sounds like you're on the highway and literally yeah. cars driving by. I think uh, we, we've been talking so much that your Skype auto volumed up because there was nothing coming from your. <laughs> Oh, really? We've always said that the highway was the nicest part of Winnipeg. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Leaving anyway. Ah. Uh, there, it sounds coming through clear now again, kid. Okay. Uh, yeah, I was reading something where uh, they tried a lot of different things with Hardy, and they were using a mask with two mini mics in it, where he was saying the lines, and then he said them all again without the mask, and they kind of sandwiched them all together. Yeah. So I, I don't know if that's actually what I don't, No, I I remember reading it sounded it sounded reasonably great. I remember reading articles too and so I remember reading one where it's like Hardy did that movie 5 times over in different in different formats to try to get some of this down. 
Yeah, and I think even even if we had uh, quote unquote, according to some of the comment posters, nailed it. Like, there's no making everyone 100% happy because even if you did nail it, not everybody liked Tom Hardy's voice in that movie. Well, I, I honestly take comfort in the fact that the voice uh, of Arkham Rising was one of the most negatively commented on aspects of the movie, as well as uh, The Dark Knight Rises itself. Like, there was a lot of internet contention about that voice. Touché. So that makes me think it's a win yeah. that, I, that I did get pretty close. What was the feedback like? The biggest thing that I've heard is that I am an Indian man. East uh, Indian. I'm that a, I must be an East Indian man because of that voice. My favorite comment happened, the most recent one, one of the last ones this past year was, there was a comment and it was like, as an Indian, I can tell you that the person doing that voice is an Indian man. <laughs> <laughs> Trying to do an English voice. And I'm thinking, I'm thinking. I mean, Tom Hardy is an English man in real life, and in the story of the Nolan universe, he's he's not from South America, Bane. He's clearly he's been sp- uh, spending the uh, vast majority of his life in this underground uh, Lazarus pit, pit and somewhere Persia. somewhere in uh, Eurasia. You know, like they don't even say where it is, but somewhere that uh, is a lot closer to India than South America. So I, I even with that argument, I don't get how it's a negative because why wouldn't he have a little bit of that influence? I'm an I'm an internet troll myself, so I, I scour a lot of the comments uh, from our first YouTube uh, connection to our Machinima connection, right onto all the forms that we end up getting posted on. And uh, the voice is definitely the most the most ragged on, as well as our length, uh, our length, and then how, how the fact that we're associated with the comic book, uh, none at all, which is weird because we even stress that we're based out of the Nolan universe, but they're like. The comic book isn't like that, and I'm like, come well, on. Well, I think it's it's been a really good. Um, it, it's helped me in the sense that, like, how bad could it really be if people are just like, I mean, in terms of like, everyone's going to have a negative comment no matter what you do. Mm-hmm. Like, They're... there's always going to be someone that doesn't like it, and you know that's kind of the beauty of film because in the same in that same stroke, there's an, a, the entire other half that they'll enjoy it for reasons that you didn't even intend for them to enjoy it. They're in. they're talking about it, man. Good or bad, they, they're commenting on it, which means they're watching it and they're engaged enough to say they hate it. That's good enough for me, man. I love it. It's bring it all on. Yeah, and, and again, we were saying this earlier, but you guys have done something. Yeah. What has everyone else done, right? Like I think Batman's just such a heavily invested product. Like you see what uh, what, what everyone thinks about Ben Affleck when they release. Oh my God! Yeah. That detail and it's just it's gotten into to craziness. People are so protective of Batman. Get their fingers off the triggers, let the art be made, and then watch it. It's only art. We're not. Nobody's curing cancer here, right? <laughs> Amen. Jeez, did that sound good? Because my cat wrote that. <laughs> <laughs> I've already got it tattooed. <laughs> <laughs> Facebook status for tomorrow. <laughs> well, guys, like, uh, save the talking ads. about costs here, wise. Like, I've heard you guys. I mean, people throw around that term. Like, I brought coffee for people, but did they, you know? Was there actually a lot of money spent on I think, coffee? I'm like forty nine ninety nine. No, <laughs> no, no. We uh, if. if uh, Essentially, the the most expensive part of the movie was actually getting, like like I said, we did a number of screen tests, and uh, there were the costumes and such. I don't think we like. I think the probably around twenty five hundred, twenty five hundred to three thousand dollars is how much it cost us in uh, in materials, costumes, and just like like the the biggest trade secret of making movies, any movie you're making, pay for good food. Food is like king. <laughs> yeah. Like. 
like you know, the, the, the thing is, a lot of people are like, well, I got to pay my actors. And that's true. You should pay actors. But you can get a lot of favors done if you offer people food. Yeah, well, that's, yeah we're just shy of three on, on actual line items. But that doesn't include the coffee that was bought, the dinner that Matt got. Like, you know what I mean? The like, that's favor yeah. dollars. Pretty much. Oh, man. Yeah. yeah. And that, that dinner that we had was like one of the most memorable parts of, we're all chatting, of the filming. We just oh, the rap party. Everyone, everyone was so excited for how it's going to turn out and like kind of visualizing it all together and everything. It, it was really special. I now, think. It, 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 now, mind you, it's not as if, it's not as if oh, $3,000 and. Uh, and that was for everything. Like there was a lot of like, uh, like it's funny because the puppet master guys who we follow very closely in their production, they say like their their pro- their project cost three thousand dollars, but like they don't include the cost of their costume that someone had bought. They borrowed from someone, cameras, etc., all that yeah. fun stuff. Like again, all the all the uh, video equipment was mine. I shot it on on a five D, I think. Yeah, because it's borrowed yeah. from. Yeah, space, that one yeah. was borrowed, and as well as a sixty D. And uh, own our, our our own sound gear, lights, etc. So hmm. I'm just trying to like put everything together. It's like I'm thinking like, uh, like I guess this is a question for Tito. Like when you first got this, you know, your your writing director credit, obviously on there. So I'm throwing this your way. Uh, how close was this to what was in your brain? And I'm asking this because like you guys mentioned my ska video there, which was. It was really, um, you know, that was just, hmm, how can I bring a whole bunch of, of bat freaks together? What can we do something, you know, that's funny? Bat I dance. haven't seen that before. And yeah. then that's it. Now, at the end of the day, we made something that, that people really enjoyed it when we debuted it. And it was great. And everyone talks highly about how much fun it was. But the finished product was nothing compared to what was in my brain. Yeah, um, uh... Uh, for those that know me, especially amongst this group, I'm I'm very meticulous. Mm-hmm. So so everything I do is is planned out five six steps ahead of what we end up shooting. So everything everything that's shot, unless it's day of, we find out that something's completely different. Um, it's very well uh, planned. I mean, uh, that last shot is exactly how I envisioned it. Um, except with the fact that, like you, you know, you always um, the what's interesting about film production is that no matter what, no matter how big a production is, there's always compromise. In fact, this past year, it's a huge relief because I always figured you have to nail it exactly like what, how the script uh, does it, how the shots list is is listed, and I've always strived for that. But then I, I finally read all three of the Nolan movies, and there's so much that the way it was edited, they shifted things around visually. There's like uh, it, when Bane takes siege of the plane at the beginning of the movie. He does like a front forward flip in the original animatic or like the the storyboards, yeah. and I'm like, I'm sure that they they planned it, and then they were like, how the fuck are we gonna make him do a front flip <laughs> in a plane that's completely vertical at this point, right? Yeah, and they were just like, oh, to the ground. Sp- uh, you know, scratch that, right? But I mean, that being said, I mean, like the the thing is, sure, uh, things could go off the rails, and they could end up being something. But sometimes you have like these happy mistakes where where you're just like. This isn't one I intended, but it works so much better, right? Um, but uh, my only advice to people, or at least my only comment on it, is like you have to plan it regardless. You have to like uh, I only feel comfortable going into a project if I've like uh, if I I know everything front to back, the shots and all that stuff. Because and and I've had my people that I've worked with basically, you know, sometimes they say that like it's not fun working with me because I can be so anal about these shots, and they're like, oh, I think we got it. And I'm like, no, 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 we gotta keep doing it. 
over and over again. But the thing is, the more the more I have, the more I can work with after the fact, right? Because I also edited this movie, and and the abundance of footage that we got was really good for the for the short time we were there. And part of the reason was because I was so scared that we wouldn't have stuff to work with. And I think the biggest challenge, especially with Arkham Rising and and uh, in terms of what I envisioned, the biggest compromise was that control room. Originally, the control room was like I had pictured it completely different in my head. And when we shot it, we're like, okay, well, how can we work with this? And a lot of it comes from on the spot. like, And, and that's where like true collaboration comes in because it's not just me. It's like we got Todd, Steve, even some of the, the, the cast and crew were coming in. And they're like, well, maybe if we did this or this and the other thing. And, and, and you know, you, you got to be open to that. You can't be like that, that, like, that person that won't budge on ideas because, you know, you never get anything done that way, right? Because that's the same person that, like, it's, it's me when I said no to doing this project in the first, first place, right? Unless I can have it exactly how I want we're not going to do it so you you got going home yeah you got to be flexible and you got to be like i I learned more and more that like um uh it's not the one right it's it's the group and it's really like i said i mean like yeah i'm 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 listed as 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 director and writer but like i said my job is easy in that i was able to put some really great ideas from the entire group together because they're all as diehard uh, of this of, of this uh film as i am and more importantly, they have different backgrounds, so they offer something new into the mix. And uh, it's great because, like, um, uh, in terms of pre-production, when you're planning things out, that's the time when people, like, um, uh, just to go a, a little bit of an aside in terms of filmmaking, um, there's nobody likes the guy on the set that's got the best, the, all these great ideas while you're shooting the movie. Once, once everything's <laughs> planned, someone's like, well, maybe you should do this, or maybe you can move the camera over there. Like, that's not the time to be to be Vocal. doing that like you've already planned it as best you can if you hit a wall sure because that's when everybody comes together okay yeah. how are we going to do this but the time when you're planning when you're writing when you're doing the shots list when you're doing the 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 screen tests and all stuff that's when those ideas really spark because it's like oh hey yeah no this this would be great and and this is totally easier than what i had originally uh planned uh planned then right so like i'm fortunate enough to work with a group where we all understand that and we all very much we trust in each other i trust ashley to to uh, be great at at set deck and and uh, makeup, I trust Steve at, at his voice work as well as uh, um, uh, uh, some of the like those small details like the. Um Right now we're working on another fan film and he just completed this this like these drawings that are going to be again these little easter eggs in the back of it the, and they're so detailed but they're so like I mean I, I'm not an artist in terms of a drawer so I really rely on, on, on people like Steve and, and he does such a great job and it, like the same with Todd. Todd is vocal where I'm not and he's very much that like the why not voice so I'm like okay well we can't do this and then you know we're in the middle of the script and then Todd like I mean uh, uh, one of our most recent productions uh, cover um, it was very much like at one point point Todd was going to play a different role entirely than he ended up playing and an actor an actor came in and said well why don't me and Todd switch roles and I was really against it at first and then Todd was like yeah why don't we and so like we, we we tried it and and like Todd really like we like I, I don't want to spoil too much, but I'm like I really felt bad for Todd, and I'm like that's great because that's what the character is. Yeah. So yeah, I mean like, <laughs> I, I guess uh, I know I'm, I'm I'm ranting a little bit, kid, but like uh, the, the 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 point <laughs> the point I'm trying to make is um, your vision the the vision of what you're trying to do um, it doesn't necessarily have to be exactly what you planned. However, uh, what I would say is it's very much it shouldn't be what you planned. It should be what your what you and the entire. Uh, production uh what your uh, collaborative um image of what what the movie should have been uh is you 
family, all this kind of stuff. But when did YouTube really grab a hold of this thing? Actually, it was somewhat immediately. And then you're heading off to all these cars and stuff. Well, we had a... We, we had a viral <laughs> campaign, and that's... Uh... We, we built up with a sort of a countdown clock. I mean, we didn't actually have a, a, a you know, um, a timer going above the, the war machine in a, in a NORAD <laughs> bunker or anything like that, but we did try we to do it. it like, of, like, we, like we, we tried to uh, do it seriously and, and, and give an air of mystery. In fact, it's really funny because when, uh, you might have, uh, in your travels, kid, noticed that when you register a domain, there's usually a little extra charge to keep your identity <laughs> private. And we were all for that. And then Todd registered ArkhamRising.com, and we were noticing some of the comments of things online where people were like, is this a new video game? Is this a new movie? Is this a new animated? What is it? What is it? What is it? And then some guy chimes in. He's like, well, I, t- I checked out the who is database, and it's registered to some Todd Hillier who lives <laughs> up in Canada. So I doubt it's a video game, guys. We're and, like, and, and then like, shit. You immediately start, uh, we're, we start messaging uh, Todd like, you fucked us. <laughs> <laughs> Two fucking bucks, man. They get a million worlds. Two dollars. So, um, no, actually, it, it learn was, from your mistakes, guys. It yeah. was uh, we premiered it like probably around uh, ten or eleven p.m. on the twenty sixth because uh, it was like right at our event, and then we, we 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 let it sit, and then we were we were screening the movie, and I'm watching it very closely, and I'm like, okay, there's like a hundred views, two hundred views, then it's like then it gets to that magical three hundred one plus views, and I'm like, what does that mean? It's the first time we ever kind of yes. really hit that quickly, right? Because normally they'll they'll aggregate like slowly, Over right? Time. And so like 301 plus, I'm like, what does it mean? Well, like, I guess I, we're about to go to bed. I'm like, it's been there for like an hour. I'm like 301 plus. I'm like, okay, whatever. And so like the next morning wake up and it's like 7,000 views. I'm like, holy shit. And yeah. so, and then like within there, it's like, it's like climbing from like 5,000, 10,000 and until insane um, momentum, absolutely insane momentum and yeah. just getting shared all over yeah, like and, IO9. And like, uh, and... IO9, uh, Geek Tyrant, all these like uh, nerd or comic book websites start really sharing it and write, writing about it. And then the hurricanes came. And then, and then a Hurricane Sandy hits the eastern, eastern seaboard. seaboard. Yeah. Knocks out IO9. And IO9 goes offline. And, and, and our momentum froze. And I mean, like I don't want to, I don't want to like belittle the struggles of those who experienced Sandy directly <laughs> because clearly far more important than our silly fan film. But, yeah. but it's a damn, drop. damn, were we pissed because yeah. we had this crazy momentum going and then it just kind of yeah, like it was about, about 40 or 45,000 views where it just like hit that wall. And sure enough, after uh, IO nine came back online the the views weren't the momentum was gone at that point yeah, and we really tried to push it and and it, it was all but like it but it was it was slowly aggregating it wasn't like oh my god no views period it was like maybe like a thousand a but day it was, after it that was really or, cool because you could tell when we screened at a con because it would shoot up a bit yeah, yeah. at every screening you can tell it would have little spikes when Rocksteady announced Arkham Origins but they didn't yeah or no they announced the third Arkham game they didn't say it was Origins yet we got another spike because yeah. everyone yeah. started searching Arkham games and I think I, we had that tag. Yeah, and, and then, then something Batman, something would come out, or the DVD release, and then it would spike again. Spike, yeah, and, and then our, well, especially uh, build as a, a deleted scene as it is. Yeah, yeah and, and I guess more of a of a real receptor of of the the reaction because, uh, like, fast forward almost a year uh, to to this past October, we got um, we got invited to be part of the Machinima Interactive Film Festival, and sure enough, uh, it gets posted on Machinima. And within three days, it it goes over a hundred thousand easily. Yeah. So like it was more of a better indicator of how it would have done the first go around. So like it, we, I think right now on Machinum, it's almost at one hundred fifty thousand views yep. right now, even though the festival's uh, over and done with. But um, yeah, so we we ended. It's interesting because like I'm like, oh, they're probably repeat views from the original post, right? 
But it ended up being like people that hadn't seen it before, right? So we even got a comment from uh, Oral Knots, who actually complimented the Bane voice, and they're the guys that made that really uh, popular uh, that Bane rap uh, video. Yes, Bane's freestyle. Yeah. <laughs> actually, one funny thing that happened to us during the viral campaign was um, when we released the different Arkham Prisoners uh, files. Um, it would be like ArkhamRising.com slash Harley Quinn or ArkhamRising.com slash whoever else, like Riddler or whatever. Yeah. Or whatever. So then all we of were a able sudden, to look at the analytics. all of a sudden we looked at the analytics and there were people typing in all different Batman characters trying to find, map like, the directory. trying to map the directory and find the little different Easter eggs. And it was <laughs> popping up with different ones, like, every other day. So it got pretty popular pretty quick, actually. I mean, uh, and, and it's interesting because uh, Todd, uh, I had told him, like, if we were going to do a follow-up, uh, I, had ga- I had a gauge for success, and I said, if we break 100,000, then we'll consider doing another fan film. And sure enough... Almost at the at the year mark, that's when it broke a hundred thousand, and we're like, okay, then we're going forward with this next one. So, yeah. so when is the next one going to be? Which is the logical question. Well, um, we got a we got a bit of of a fuck you at Comic Con. <laughs> we had a, we we were already talking about the ideas, and we were we, we were saying played the teaser at C four. Uh, yeah. Okay. So you already know what it is. No, but, I don't think kids. Or he, oh, no. he wasn't there. No. So well, it's online now. But at any rate, uh, so what what happened was we were at Comic Con. We were already talking about what we were going to do as a follow up because it was getting up there at that point, and uh, and people were calling for it. Yeah, they and sure enough, Man out. of Steel had come out, and we were talking about like, man, wouldn't it be cool to kind of tie in. Uh, the Nolan universe to the Zack Snyder Man of Steel universe. I was honestly so pissed that that isn't what's going to be happening. Yeah. You know that they that they yeah, uh, yeah. sort of rebooted Batman through this Man of Steel yeah, series. Yeah, so what ended up happening is, of course, at Comic Con, uh, we were already kind of fleshing out. He's like, yeah, maybe it'll be kind of like, how do we like? Maybe it'll be that John Blake character, etc. And then the announcement came, and it's like it's going to be a Superman Batman movie that's coming next, and we're like, fuck. So- <laughs> So then we started thinking, it's like, okay, and they, they said they said in the announcement, this is going to be a new Batman. It's not going to be the Nolan Batman. So we were just like, okay. So then we started thinking of ideas and, and of what we were going to do. And sure enough, we, we came up with the concept. What? Uh, about to interrupt you if you start going into the concept. No, no, I wasn't going to say what right. it is, right? So <laughs> Kid's good, but he ain't getting an exclusive. <laughs> yeah. so, so we were going with the concept <laughs> of how would a how would Batman be introduced into the Man of Steel universe? Now, mind you, not the one that the DC or uh, Warner Brothers is going to do. So, our take on it, how we would, how we, we we would have introduced him. So, that's what our next project is. We're dubbing it World's Finest after the comic book and a previous fan film as well that's had the same name. Um, and uh, the idea is, uh, let's introduce uh, Bruce Wayne Batman into the Man of Steel mythos. Now, who is this Man of Steel you can speak of? Yeah, never heard. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, we yeah we 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 did the same thing. I mean, we we didn't actually do like a, a Van of Steel like we did Bat Van, but we were still very eager to go and check out Man of Steel. Uh, very first showing on the IMAX, uh, bigger than life, and and we were in different I, parts of the world. We were in different parts of the world, and we all kind of you know uh, caught up via text and whatnot after the fact, all gushing about how we felt about it. But w- one major thing is that I felt. Going into all three of the Nolan Batman movies, I was there just to just to be entertained and, and just to see more of what one of my favorite figures in in comic book and film history. And I'm more of a Batman film guy and and, uh, and DC on film and and animated and more of a Marvel actual comics guy at least before the whole Avengers thing happened. But um, 
Oh, geez, about to lose my train of thought here. But uh, when we went into Man of Steel, we were also going in as researchers, totally, because we're looking for ideas, how to tie things in. We're really analyzing it in the way that we were able to analyze uh, Dark Knight Rises in that three-hour block after we just saw it. Yeah, so, I mean, uh, the, yeah, and the idea was, uh, I remember we were like, we'll, 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 once we see Man of Steel, we'll solidify what our idea is going to be, right? And then Warner Brothers kind of gave us, like, a le- well, the, the actual right holders of the character. <laughs> they fucked they us. Our idea. Justifiably <laughs> fucked us because it is their character to do whatever they wish with. But, um, yeah, and then, uh, of course, they made the Ben Affleck announcement, which we were just like, what? Really? <laughs> like, like, we weren't, we weren't, like, I remember not being completely against it, but I was just like, Really? <laughs> well, we 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 got some flack because so many people thought we were diehard against it because we put out a, a video where I got to reprise the Bane voice. Uh, where basically all we did was we we just copied the bad lip reading style, and it's perfect because you don't ever see Tom Hardy's lips. Yeah. So we just we just put in uh, some Bane voice bitching about Ben Affleck it was during the the breakout of Blackgate when he's doing that big speech about Commissioner Gordon. So what we did is we resynced the scene and we made it about him talking about the announcement of Ben Affleck. <laughs> yeah. So oh, it, it, and it, all it was was really. Just kind of We're like just joking, uh, just joking around. But people really interpreted that as like you guys fucking hate him. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's gonna it was- so much. If you ever want to see the biggest like defenders of Ben Affleck collected, like a lot of them got on that thread on that video. Oh, he's yeah. gonna rock it. Uh, he's gonna rock it. It was funny though because like Steve and I were just driving to Mac Island and I was like, and I was like, oh man, Ben Affleck, and he and then he like did the Bane voice and I was like, oh my god, we're gonna make a video. And, like, yeah, so, so it was, <laughs> as these announcements were made, we're like, there's no way we're gonna get a feel for what this new Batman's going to be in the movie. Until the movie comes out, so why not run with our ball and let's imagine what what our Batman for for the Man of Steel universe would be? No, that makes that makes that makes good sense. So, uh, how long have you guys been doing the uh, I Am podcast? I am. You guys thought it was going to be? Um, I guess that's my ball, is it? Um, started the podcast in February of two thousand and eleven. So we're approaching up our third anniversary here pretty quick. Um, It was uh, basically I got one of my role models is uh, Kevin Smith uh, for the sole fact that I really enjoyed listening to his podcast, which is which is weird because I've always hated talk radio growing up. And yet now I've swung so far away from actual music that all I really listen to is, is podcasts and stand up comedy now. So uh, I've gotten so into uh, do it, or I gotten so into listening to these podcasts where I'm like, well, if Kevin Smith can do it, hell, like, well, I want to give it a shot, right? It just sounds like fun sitting down with your friends and chatting, chasing whimsy. And uh, it, it got to a point where I'm like, well, everyone and their dog has a podcast about movies and, and TV and. And everyone just kind of has their own little swing of podcasts. So I wanted to make a podcast that I wanted to do uh, about something. And uh, one thing about Fort Mac is that I wanted to ask you, kid, is what do you know about Fort McMurray? What do, what have you heard about this town? Uh, just a, what a few of my songwriter friends like uh, Clayton Bellamy or Mike Bloom have, have, have said about it when they've gone up and played shows there or, or you know, through their travels in Alberta because I mean they both grew up in Bonneville okay so still a ways away from you guys Not really. down in the Lakelands a lot closer than Winnipeg yeah yeah <laughs> um, and away. you know my, like my friend Mike uses Fort Mac as uh, just as a term and just, he likes to use Alberta locales and stuff like that so that's basically where I come from Fort Mac so it's like I've been trying to get um, 
as far as costuming goes, I'm kind of getting sick of not sick, but I've just I've had enough of everyone just obsessing about about building costumes and costumes, costumes. That's the only part of it. And I like to think about between the ears and and the costumes that happen in there and the thought patterns and the characters that have to come out and. I've been trying to start this thing called the closing ceremonies at our con, where I want people to start shooting fan films or coming up and singing a song or doing an interpretive dance or something like that. Let's see another side of you in your costume besides just standing there. Look at me. I'm Spider-Man. Goodbye. (laughs) (laughs) That's totally what Spider-Man would do. (laughs) Well, that's what I would say to him anyway. But so so that's kind of where it's coming from. So you know, seeing what you guys have done with this, you guys have a podcast, you guys, have, you know, or or uh, Todsky, but like you guys are going in a lot of a lot of directions here, and and I mean, obviously the hard one, like creativity the explosion, is pretty pretty crazy. And you guys have, have you know, I've listened to your podcast when you were down in San Diego Comic Con. It was pretty exciting. I loved it that you guys were in the airport. And I could hear the bus. Yeah, we legitimately <laughs> were, we, we, we looked were, so sketchy. We oh. got so many like dirty, angry, awkward looks in that. But we were sitting on the floor, like not even on chairs or nothing. Pretty there much was blocking to the sit. emergency exit. Yeah, I think yeah, we talked yeah, about it. People be like walking by our power cord. We're like, excuse me, excuse me, we're doing a podcast here. Could you could you go around <laughs> to go back <laughs> to go back just to finish the thought? The whole reason why I started the podcast is because Fort McMurray has a lot of negative vibe. Uh, it's a lot of yeah. a lot of real negative. Uh, uh, attitudes towards it because it's it's definitely a unique town like i've said as format has always been the exception to every rule because it's such a special situation up here so uh, i'm i was a big uh, facebooker tweeter and i figured what other way to, to rant and rave about stuff is, is to have a podcast and uh tito was the one that kind of turned me on to the kevin smith podcast so i said why don't mean you just well, sit I, down I told and chat him i had a, i had been listening to kevin smith for some time because uh uh although he's not my favorite director i really like how his podcast really kind of became a way for him, uh, almost like an education in yeah. in how independent film uh, worked back in his era, and how the uh, kind of a little bit of a back end door to to peek into how Hollywood's working currently with uh, with uh, directors of his level, etc. So I was listening to it for some time, and it was very humorous. He's a very good public speaker, etc. And then Todd was like, "Hey, uh, I listen to it too, and it's, we should do a podcast." I'm like, "Well, you should research it a little bit more." And because, uh, well, it wasn't originally we; it was uh, you were going to do a podcast, right? Because it was going to be your thing. And I said, "Yeah, cool, man. I'll be your first guest if you want." And so I went, and I was his first guest, and then I became his second guest, and his third. And <laughs> I ended up becoming just like a member of the podcast. And uh, and uh, I mean. Um, Honestly, like, it, it was something that started as, like, a silly notion, but then again, so is filmmaking. So is making, like, independent films. It's, like, you with a camera, with a couple of friends, because you're not in Hollywood. Mm-hmm. Like, why are you, like, like why are you pretending to be this big uh, hotshot director when you're not? And, I'm, and the truth is, I've never really tried to be that hotshot director. I've always just tried to, like, tell stories, and sometimes it'd be silly stories, sometimes it'd be dramatic stories, etc. But, like, the idea was, like... A really, I, I was a, I was a real fan of like putting the putting the process together. More importantly, though, the, I'm a fan of the progression 
And that's what the podcast has kind of begun. It, it's become a real cool archive of not it's, just our progression uh, as as like artists in terms of what we do in terms of interviews and, and films, but like as people. Like uh, like you go back to those first podcasts. You and I are very different than the people that we are now, and it's it's weird. Some of you has rubbed off on me. Some of me has rubbed off on you. A lot of us has rubbed off on some of our guests. It's just it's, it's funny. <laughs> it, it, no, and that's exactly it. Like listening through the podcast, and you can you literally hear a lot of the stuff that we do the origin of Arkham Rising came from a five hour fucking podcast that we did a, a, our review of Dark Knight Rises you, lit- you literally hear <laughs> the origins of us talking about that deleted Joker scene uh, you literally hear us form uh, the film festivals that we now do on an annual basis uh, they will interplay that soon to become the International Film Festival uh, Film Fear like these are all stuff that you hear us talk about into the po- podcast and Steve just said it. It, it you can hear us chase the whimsy why not? Well, you literally hear us talking about, oh, there should be a film festival in Fort McMurray. Yeah, and then, and then well, be fuck like, it. why don't we fucking just do why it? Don't we do just it. do it? Yeah. Why and, don't we just film and, this and, we, and there's an accountability there, too, because we've publicly put it out that, like, this should be a film festival. And then suddenly some people will even comment and be like, why don't you fucking do it if you keep talking about it? We're like, yeah. well, fine, then we will. <laughs> but then we actually do. And, I mean, that's one of the, uh, that's one of the coolest things about it. Well, it's, it's – sorry. Oh, I just wanted to finish this one. But it's yeah. me literally going up to promote our first film festival where I jump on the show with Steve. And me and him just started talking. Steve's like, oh, man, I really want to get into some of this stuff. Steve and Ash are, are now – you're looking at the YMM podcast, Mike included. This is the YMM podcast is what it turned into. Uh, we're very much still defenders of, of our, our lonely community here in Fort Mac. But it also – because of that why not attitude, it's turned into, well, let's film this Arkham Rising movie. You know what? Let's, let's – why not? Let's apply as professionals to Comic-Con and see what happens. Holy shit, we got I mean, in. We got to go. Let's the fuck out of those that, people. That let's surprised the shit out of me. Let's ask, M- let's ask Emden Expo if we can do a panel. Oh shit, they said yes. Let's try yes, to do a Batman versus Superman movie. Why not? Yeah. Oh shit, we're doing it. And it's it's all that's kind of our two mottos, the Wyman podcast mottos, if we ever had to write them down, would be why not and we get shit done. That is like literally what we hear from people. There people come to us and they're like, We need your help with making a film and we're like, Why us? And they're like you guys get shit done. That's what you do. Yeah, and uh, and I mean, uh, like, I don't want it to seem like a rose-colored picture either, because of the fact that like we are very different personalities, and and but oh, the, yeah. the 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 the, no. the thread that weaves between <laughs> us is that we're also collaborators and we listen to each other. So in other words, Todd and I are very different people, and, and <laughs> but the thing is, we we both have a manner. We we know how to speak to each other, and we know. How to listen and collaborate? We like even though we're different people, we know we can find that common ground, and I think that's what's brought in people like Steve and Ash, and even uh, some of the people that like we we have completely conflicted opinions of. Like maybe they 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 represent something that we're not fans of. We uh, like Todd especially; he's very confrontational in that. <laughs> he'll like no, he'll bring them in as guests, and even though they're we're there to argue their point, we will leave amicably as friends with these people because. Yeah. It's it's the power of the power of communication, really, and the fact that like if you're willing to not only just Talk speak to but li- to listen to others, I mean, it's part of like part of the reason why uh, we reached out to you there, uh, uh, kid, because M- Mike was like, hey, there's this guy out of Manitoba and he does a lot of cosplay, and uh, and he did this music video. We, we had a look at the music video, and like I said, there was there was a sinister motive in that, like I want that fucking costume, <laughs> but like at the same time, uh, I, 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 I started like really researching. Crowbar Radio, and it, like I mean, your Facebook page is pretty recent, but you're you're um, you've been doing this for some time, no? Since 
Yeah, so like it's it's been going like I mean, and how are how are you finding uh, do like do you feel that it's it, you, are you finding it like as a powerful tool to communicate with others, or it just like uh, like uh, of of just yourself, kind of like your own personal progress? Um, you know what? It's a little bit of everything. We just seem to talk about just whatever by our uh, that needs to get discussed. Uh, when we have our events here in town, or if it's a con, or ever getting to get the ball in, or one of my strongest points is taking the ball into ours. We're just going to stand there, not say anything, and I engage them in a conversation, and I introduce them to the other people, and get them engaged in conversation, and then I leave them, and they're stuck, struck up in conversations, and 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 it works, and it, you know, like I just seem to kind of. You know, using the analogy of the, the honeybee, I'm flying around and just kind of pollinating all these flowers. And with that, trying to keep things positive because God knows social media is more negative than positive. Uh, the costuming world is actually, you know, it's pretty pretty catty out there. Like, it's, it's a just, scary it's funny, place. Like, even between jokers or other Harley Quinns that I know, like it's just... It's hmm. stupid. Some of the stuff you have to deal with. Oh my god, that's that's like a movie in itself, hey? It's like it's for fun, cosplay right? the movie. Uh, so that's yeah. the podcast. I'm surrounded by uh, some awesome people. Uh, mostly, it's funny because most of them dress up like villains. So it's like we've got this really good camaraderie going out of the most evil people that you'd ever you know think you'd be meeting at a con, but we're actually you know pretty nice people, and, and we're just trying to build this up and make it as special as it can be for everybody. And that's it. That's you guys listening. That's anybody I see on the street. That's, you know, if you're a costumer or if you have no idea what costume is all about. Who are the, who are the nicest people you meet? The heroes or the villains? (laughs) Uh, the villains by yeah. I, you know yeah. what? I have to. Yeah. I have to. I have to make that assumption that if you're going to dress up as a hero, there's an ego to you yeah. where you oh, think, man. yeah. And you, you, because because I I do costuming myself. Like I'm a little bit of a cosplayer, and you nail on the head with that one. Like villains, when you dress up as a villain, the villains get all excited and they all get together and they hang out. We witnessed this at <laughs> San Diego Comic the Rogues Gallery. Seriously, we ended up. We literally ended up with the Rogues Gallery, like on in the gas lamp district because we were like taking yeah. some photos we had batman and we had calendar man and i was a random black widow but the uh <laughs> all the villains got together and they were having such a good time like, every time i t- like people would gather to take pictures and every time i turned around there's another person from batman universe but like, another villain I, uh, yeah another villain all villains like i was the only batman around there was a robin as well uh but then all of a sudden harley uh, harley shows up all of a sudden uh Crazy there's a scarecrow woman. there's a there's a red uh, hood and then I turn around and I see a, a wicked Ra- Ra's al Ghul. And oh my I'm God. Like, yeah. How is this happening? Do we all just collect together like when this? When the heroes were near each other, they were very standoffish. Very standoffish. But the villains were like, oh my God, we, we all love so each good. other. Yeah. This is the best. Like, that, that would be such an amazing documentary. Yes, like uh, just like on cosplayers and like the the underbelly of cosplay. There really, yeah. there really is. It's for sure. It's crazy. And an opportunity to interview Jessica Negri again. Yes, <laughs> there you go. I mean, sorry, kid, go on. <laughs> <laughs> so I also listened to your guys' Calgary show uh, when you guys were kind of putting all your thoughts together about stuff in Calgary. And uh, Ashley dressed up as Harley Quinn. Yes, Which I was. I was Harleen Quinzel from Arkham Rising. Okay. 
But, but I did have the Harley. Up the ante a bit. I up the ante where I had the uh, the um, licensed DC Comics like uh, the corset set that they bought out just recently. So I had that underneath. So I had like the coat and I and everything. But then like it was like my coat would fly open and I'd have the corset underneath, and people were like, "Oh my god, she's Harley Quinn!" <laughs> so it was lots of fun. But you also went to Calgary on your second day. As... You were Zatanna. Uh, oh yeah. And not many people knew that, and I no, thought no. that was so cute. Hang on. Where you're like, oh, you're no, just dressed Harley, up as something cute. Harley was Edmonton. Mm-hmm. Right. Harley was Edmonton. So, no, Harley who was, was your Calgary. first day in the Calgary Expo? Harley. Are you sure? Positive. But you didn't have the coat on. You just had the corset on. No, because I didn't have a Harley corset. Hang on. I dress up too much. Kid just uh, (laughs) said he listened to the show. Yeah, no. uh, Oh god. Did you get the opportunity to watch the YouTube uh, video they made at Calgary Expo? No, it was that. That was that. Oh no, no, you guys did the interviews. You may be in the background of one of the. You were at Calgary Expo. I'm pretty sure you may be in the background of one of those interview videos. Well, you guys interviewed Bada Boom Costumes, which are some really good buddies of mine. Oh, Bada Boom! They yeah, they were fun and gorgeous too. Yes. Okay, that's that's Edmonton. Hang on, I'm trying. To you could just get over their bad attitudes. Yeah, <laughs> you have something. Yeah. <laughs> 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 I'm gonna get killed for that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So you know what? Actually, I, the other question I want to ask about Calgary. Um, oh. About okay. the media credentials and how anybody and their dog was asking for them, and, and you think maybe at the end of the day it hurt with some of the interview requests and yeah. stuff. Nathan uh, Fillion, Elijah Dushku. Do you guys think you're a lot further down the road now? And when you're going to request for that stuff, you know, this year, maybe um, you're going to get a little more of a like to stand on? Or? We never know if we're going to get more, if we're going to gain more ground, but we're going to keep asking for sure. Yeah. And and we keep trying to like add value to what we're offering too. I mean, uh, one of our most recent things we did is at the last uh, Edmonton Expo is we actually shot a music video of all the cosplayers. So, and I know that uh, the Edmonton Expo themselves tweeted about it. They're like, oh, this is really awesome coverage because it was like to uh, Daft Punk's Get Lucky. And, and it was, it was like two a, days after. Two it was days. like a six minute video and we edited it like, an, like a big rush time. We had it out That's two true. days after the, uh, after the event and it was just like this, this because we just walked around. And it, just, it was funny because it was a little creepy because Todd was running. Todd, like I had the camera, but Todd was the guy asking. So he was like, hey, can we film you for our video? And, and, and it'd be weird because the direction wouldn't be like a smile and wave. I'm like, I'm going to come from the floor, come right at your face. I want you to give me a pose, and I'm yeah. going to pull away from you really quick. And they're like... Huh? <laughs> I think I think actually we had a better time with it than you guys did because I was approaching I was approaching it was the much girls easier for me. right so yeah. I was like I was like hey do you want to be in our music video and they're like yeah I'm a girl too hey I tried and to show was, off my breast and I was in costume as well but sorry to answer your question earlier I was Arkham Asylum Harley Quinn okay yeah yeah. <laughs> Sorry, I can't. So, yeah, so yeah I, I, like, and, and I think like we're like our confidence is gaining in the fact that like, uh, like I said, for San, like San Diego Comic Con was a big turn, turning point for us in that we were able to get in as professionals, which we like, uh, like I remember I thought it was a snowball's chance because I didn't even apply. It was Todd. Todd's like, just just give me your resume and, and like, oh, I'm like, okay. So he he got my IMDb page information and then he submitted and sure and uh, sure enough, it's like. 
around was it around February? No, yeah. around November, December. Yeah, you guys got the better passes than me, fuckers. Yeah, well, you hear back and it's like you've been approved for professional, and we're like, holy fucking shit. <laughs> <laughs> we're like, I guess, I guess we're going to. And, San and there, Diego. Was, there wasn't even a question there. It's like we we're going. There's yeah. there's no way we're 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 passing this up, right? I like got a new job and told them I wasn't taking the job unless they gave me the time off. <laughs> I'm like, I yeah I. But why? But, but why not, kid? You should be applying for a professional too, man. So, yeah. Like, so so after that, I mean, now it's just like, well, we got into San Diego, which is kind of considered mecca for nerds. It. So why not apply for everything else at that point? And I mean, uh, we feel more confident in applying now because if San Diego, if we, if San Diego thought we were good enough, or at least didn't research us enough to know, yeah. Uh, <laughs> then jokes on them, man. I'll take the pity passes. I don't give a fuck. We love pity passes. Plus, you get like a little bit of that a double take when you're when we were at San Diego because some people will be like I, I noticed a couple of times we're walking on the floor and people see the professional passes on us and like who is is that someone we know no sure. no are they no, famous they're, no, they're nobody they're nobody Let's yeah. go. keep moving well one guy one guy looked at my pass and straight up came up to me and he's like how did you get that like how like what are you in yeah. like are We've you on a TV stuff. show and I'm like I. <laughs> I am in here for a crime. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm here for a crime. Uh, uh, Ash just said an inside joke. We were, uh, you know, the um, the Arkham Files videos that we were just we were telling about earlier. Um, so part of it was we were we were going to originally let some of the inmates do some ad libbing, like they were going to have some lines or some muttering, etc. Yeah. And Todd Todd was a calendar man, and he's laying on his on his uh, on his in his cell room, and sure enough. The question came, it's like, so why are you here? And, like, in the deepest of thoughts, Todd's like, I'm here for crime. <laughs> Little do they know like that I had... Rogers level of I had this fucking monologue from Arkham, or Arkham Asylum video game, like, fucking memorized, and that was, like, my time to shine, and I just blanked out. Totally got stage fright. <laughs> nice. Yeah. Well, guys, we've pretty much filled up two shows for Crowbar Maker. I'm going to really split this into two. Sorry. Uh, yeah. I'm, I'm so much richer for having talked to all you awesome people. Um, man, if I, if I see you guys in Calgary, you or will. Edmonton, you will. Or Regina, or wherever, if our paths are going to cross, we have to go out and do, uh, do some dinner or some drinks. You guys yep. have for sure, man. My villainous friends. Yeah. Yes, please. They're going to love you. I'm going to vote for you, and that's going to be good enough for them. I'll definitely, uh, I'll definitely dress as a villain so that I fit in. I'll tell you what, the, I'll tell you what, there, kid. Uh, you just made five, uh, five friends here today. So, uh, we're, I'm going to get you on the show for maybe talks and movies or something on the cinephiles, and we're definitely going to meet up at one of these cons. Our well, next semi-official presence will be at Emerald City. So, if anybody's mm-hmm. going to Emerald City, come find us. Me, oh, yeah, yeah. Mike's going down representing all of Fort Mac down there at Emerald City. <laughs> Damn straight. Seattle. 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 Just don't look March. behind the curtain, okay. Mike. Comic Con. Oh yeah. <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> yeah, he's yes. off to see the well, wizard. Folks, I'm, I'm gonna uh, I'm gonna bid you adieu for the night, but uh, you know, again, um, you'll be back on this show, I'm sure, with some when you guys have done filming something else marvelous, or oh. you've said something on your show that lovely. I want to call you on the carpet on, because now <laughs> I'm gonna start listening. And I'm going to be taking notes. And I'm a really good note taker. Like, I've got paper. <laughs> <laughs> you guys, I hope you sleep well tonight because it will be the last time ever. But uh, I look forward to hearing your guys' next show. 
and I hope you guys stay safe and sane in Fort Mac. Thanks for coming on Crowbar Radio. Thanks for Thanks grilling for us, kid. Us. Thanks so much, man. I got one. I got one request, kid. Sure. There's a way we close out the YMM podcast, and we're going to start with people at the table, but you'll pick up on it. So, do you mind if we do it? Yeah, I totally mind. Okay, I'll see you guys. <laughs> <laughs> okay, what is it? All right, you'll hear it. Here, you'll you, you'll pick up on it as soon as you hear everyone else do it. All right. For this edition of the YMM Podcast, I'm Totsky. I'm Steve. I'm Ashcake. I'm Tito. I'm Mike. Uh, I'm me. (laughs) (laughs) We'll see you next set. All right. There you got it, folks. Love getting geeky with with the geekiest of them all. And Kid Remington was no exception. I can't wait to talk to him more. Get excited for him. He's definitely going to be on the podcast. We're going to meet up at a convention, get a, hopefully maybe get him on video as well, but we're definitely going to have a good old sit down chat with him uh, on the podcast. Maybe even convince him to come with the format. Who knows? Uh, but can't think of enough. Uh, definitely check out his show, blogtalkradio.com slash kid Remington, just like the gun Remington. Uh, definitely check him out. And just check him out online too. Uh, follow him on Facebook and Twitter. His Twitter's at Kim Remington. Of course, is facebook.com slash kid dash Remington. So, uh, check him out. He's good shit. Uh, us is up in Fort Mac. Approve of that Winnipeg boy. Um, hopefully we're going to hawk it again. February 22nd down at Cannon Theater, a uh, Cannon Recital Theater rather, uh, this Saturday. Come on down. It's going to be a great time. We got local movies. We got stand up comedy and we got live podcast. All of it in one night. John Mick's going to be there giving us uh, every step of the way, giving us some good comedy. Uh, 100th episode of the podcast being recorded. Uh, and see someone win a thousand bucks. Help someone win a thousand bucks because the audience is going to be voting. So definitely check it out. Much more to come for the next couple of days. We're going to power our way to episode 100. Uh, it's going to be great. And our goal is to make you guys sick of us before our big live show. Uh, kidding, of course. We love having you. Hopefully you're, hopefully. <laughs> Hopefully you're still there with us. Uh, it's going to be a great time because we got so much else in store and we're going to reveal some of it on Saturday night at our winter reels event. Check it out. All right. So on behalf of Tito, Ash and Steve for this episode of the YMN podcast, I'm Totsky. We'll see you next time. YMM Podcast is a T-Man Entertainment production. In association with Hyperphotonic Media. Find us at hyperphotonicmedia.com. Oh, fuck.